This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. As William Branham copied the theology of many false teachers that came before him, a strange and unusual problem was created. One that has confused followers in the cult of William Branham for years and has made many afraid to study their Bibles for fear of contradicting the prophet. The men that Branham copied also had opposing doctrines. Charles Taze Russell did not fully agree with John Alexander Dowie, and Joseph Smith did not fully agree with William Seymour. Charles Fox Parham did not agree with John Darby. The problem is that these men, though slightly off in their doctrines, did have belief in their doctrines. The doctrines that they brought became their life. While they may have some minor discrepancies with their teachings, the fundamental platforms that they raised were their focus, and they never varied from that belief. They never raised additional platforms that conflicted with their main focus. Some of these platforms can easily be combined to make new religions, and they're still not in conflict. You can falsely teach that speaking in tongues is the evidence of the Holy Spirit while you are promoting Joseph Smith's angel. Maybe his angel causes you to speak in the unknown tongues. But these men and their false teaching claimed to be focusing on Jesus Christ. Each one has established a new following of Christian faith that is dedicated to their religious platforms. And in doing so, they have viewpoints of Christ that are heresy, heretical viewpoints that oppose each other. If the Bible was their focus instead of their platforms, it would have never resulted in discrepancy. It would have resulted in absolute truth about Jesus Christ, rather than viewpoints that could have resulted in conflict. But the cult of William Branham is the oddball. It is the result of all of these opposing viewpoints, a hodgepodge of heresy. If you're an outsider and you ask any Branham cult follower 
to describe Jesus Christ, they will be very careful and calculated in their answer. They know that since you are an outsider, you will have studied your scripture and not Branham's false teaching. They will try to give you a description of Christ that fits the Bible, but only enough that it does not conflict with the many heresies that William Branham copied from the platforms of these other false teachers. They will dance around the full description of Christ like they're walking on eggshells, yet while proclaiming to be Christian. And it's not their fault. They themselves have been programmed to believe that each of these conflicting viewpoints on Jesus Christ are somehow not conflicting. Their cult pastors tell them that it's not for you to understand. Just accept it by faith, my brothers and sisters. Only the prophet can rightly interpret the scripture. Yet the scripture is of no private interpretation. Ask any follower whether or not Christ was God, and they will tell you, absolutely. Most ascribe to the oneness teaching that Branham copied from Charles Fox Parham, and will tell you that Jesus Christ was and is God, but he's one like your finger. Many of those same people will also tell you the doctrine that Branham copied from the Jehovah's Witnesses, that Jesus Christ of the New Testament is Jehovah of the Old Testament. These two platforms do not conflict. They're almost in agreement with each other. The problem is, whenever the programmed cult followers try to explain everything that William Branham copied from these opposing viewpoints on Jesus Christ, imagine this scenario. Let's pretend a Branham missionary is talking to a potential new programmed mind and they start describing the oneness teaching that we've just described, combining it with the teaching from Charles Taze Russell of the Jehovah's Witnesses. But imagine that this cult missionary, as opposed to reality, holds nothing back. <laughs> he fully unloads everything on this potential new convert. Everything that Branham said about Jesus Christ is pounded into the ears of this poor fellow like a sledgehammer striking an iron bar. Imagine the missionary saying exactly what William Branham said in the 1950s. Let's take a quote as an example from the sermon Expectation. Branham says this, There's no man can heal, not even Jesus. Whoa. He says, Jesus didn't claim to be a divine healer. That was in 1950, Sermon Index 0405. Now wait a minute. If Jesus Christ was God, why could he not heal? If Christ was one like your finger and could not heal, who did the healing? <laughs> when Branham copied Russell, he copied the heresy that Jesus was Michael the archangel. He could not heal. There was nothing more than a prophet with an angel, which fit very well in Branham's agenda to lift himself up in power over the cult. Branham took Russell's platform, though, and he raised it even further by adding to the word of God. Was this blasphemy to promote heresy? 1955, he says this, 
God spoke from the heavens. John saw him coming down in the form of a dove and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am pleased to dwell. He says the right translation there is, In whom I am pleased to dwell in. He says Jesus immediately anointed with God. He was just a man until that time, and then he becomes the God-man. <laughs> the Bible says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. There is no additional word to translate here. <clears throat> There's no word that can be translated to dwell in. But when you raise this platform that Jesus was God-man, like the Greek demigods or the Egyptian pharaohs, your other platforms fall to the ground. The Bible does not teach Christ as a demigod. Christ was the creator of the heavens and the earth. When this platform is raised, Branham denied the platform raised by the homosexual Charles Fox Parham. Imagine that same missionary to the same new convert holding nothing back and he says this. Imagine it. Quoting William Branham, In that day the Pentecostal come out, they got the Jesus only group. Now that's wrong again. How can Jesus be his own father? See? So it knocks that out. <laughs> 1963 questions and answers on the seals. Now, if the new convert had studied the Azusa Street Revival, he would have asked, why did you agree with Parham and then disagree? If not, he may have just been simply confused. If Christ is one like your finger, how can he be different from the Father? Who is this Father guy anyway? Are there two gods? <laughs> Maybe the cult missionary starts by quoting the Freemason platform that Branham tried to lift which again conflicts with all of this. Maybe the missionary quotes what Branham said in 1951. God is from above. He's writing the zodiac in the sky. Zodiac starts with the virgin, the first coming of Christ, and then ends up with Leo, the second coming. <laughs> Go look if the zodiac actually does this. I dare you. And then he's writing his first Bible. There's three of them. One of them was written in the skies, <laughs> one in the pyramids, and one on this. Obviously, he's probably pointing to his Bible. <coughs> he says, everything in God is a trinity. <laughs> Let me repeat this. Everything in God is a trinity, <laughs> like man's a trinity. Now, I can just hear the convert again. Now I'm really confused. Is there one God? <laughs> Is there two God? Now you said three gods, God and a trinity. And what's this nonsense about the zodiac and the pyramids? Aren't these idols that people sacrifice their children to? The new convert is confused because he's basing his questions on what he has read in the scriptures. But this missionary is unfazed because he has been programmed that all of these conflicting platforms are true. Maybe the missionary 
plasters one of those smake fake smiles on his face and says, No, you aren't getting what I'm saying. You aren't picking up what I'm laying down. And next he proceeds to describe the platform that Branham lifted up for an Islamic Jesus that Branham raised in honor of the heretic George Lamza and the false Lamza Bible that Branham studied. Maybe the missionary says, no, you've got it all wrong. Jesus Christ was nothing more than a prophet. And then he quotes from 1964. Branham says this, Jesus never performed one miracle until first God showed him by a vision. Not told him in his ear, but showed him. What I see, not hear, see the Father doing. That's what made him a prophet, like unto Moses, as Moses said. 1964, sermon entitled, The Patriarch Abraham. See, at this point, the new convert is starting to raise an eye at this missionary who seems like he has split personality disorder. I can hear him saying, You mean that Jesus couldn't see anything unless he had a vision? I thought he was God. I thought he was one like your finger. You told me that he wasn't the Father. Is the Father the God with the power? Or does the demigod, Jesus, simply not have superpowers? Again, with that fake plastered smile, the missionary gives the programmed response. This was progressive revelation, he says. Branham was just a man and he made mistakes. God was leading him to all truth so that we would know that the Father so loved the world that he sent his only beloved super prophet to save us from the atomic bomb that Russia will one day drop on our evil nation. What? The new convert is starting to edge his way away from the crazy guy with all these conspiracy theories. Progressive revelation, he asked? I believe you're correct. That last bit was in 1964. He progressed all right, but not in the right direction. <clears throat> the Bible says <clears throat> that we are all on a journey. We're helping lead others to Christ. Our mission is to spread Christ, not Branham, and to spread the real Christ, the one that the Bible describes, not these opposing views of the false teachers that Branham copied. What if this man that this missionary is talking to was on a journey himself? What if he's trying to decide if Christ is real and if the Bible is true? What if the reason he's listening to this crazy missionary is to make <clears throat> his final decision whether to, to serve Christ or to turn away from Christ? Is this conglomeration of platforms going to win him over to the Lord's side? Is this what pushes him over the edge to atheism? Since I have started Seek Ye the Truth, I have come across many people who have learned of the many lies that William Branham told about himself, the past, the Bible, the visions, and his angel. Some of these turn to atheism, others agnostic. I have a special place in my heart for each one of them. I don't want to turn them away to the dogs like most in the message cult would do. 
I do not treat them as if they have some sort of disease that my God does not have the power to protect me from, like these cult members. I was taught under that same false teaching. I was given the same lot in life, to sit in a hard, uncomfortable pew for unreasonable hours listening to recorded sermons from a man who had no platform of his own. One who copied the platforms of other men so that he could stack them into a pyramid that was higher than any of them. I understand why they left Christianity. And I pray that they will one day come back. This false prophet turns souls away from Christianity. If it were not for the grace of Jesus Christ, I might be right there with them. If God had not knocked me down flat on my face, humiliated me, broke me into submission for him, and then reached down his hand to pick me up, I would probably be running from his presence. We do need missionaries. On a worldwide scale, Christianity is losing ground quickly to Islam and other false religions. <clears throat> Not to mention the many cults like William Branham that have strongholds in third world countries. Imagine the numbers if all of the cults suddenly realize that they've been lied to and then they turn away to another religion. Christianity is already becoming a minority. If we allow these cults teaching a different Jesus to continue, we will become the minority. We need missionaries spreading the Jesus Christ of the Bible. We need missionaries that are aware of the heresies brought by the rising platforms of false spiritual leaders like William Branham and those before him. If Christ were their foundation, these cult missionaries would first spread Christ and then spread Branham. Compare it to any other cult. The Mormons spread Joseph Smith and then Christ. Hey, did you know God sent a prophet and his name was Joseph Smith? Think of all these conflicting platforms that are against the deity of Christ. I think about Peter and his stand for Jesus until his death. Peter was willing to die so that we would know the truth about Christ and so these false teachers would not be successful. His mission of faith set the foundation on a rock instead of the sinking sand of false conflicting doctrines. It's interesting when you consider his name. Peter translated means rock. <coughs> if you have been confused by William Branham's teachings and you're wondering whether or not Christ was God. Listen to the opening line in 2 Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have obtained a faith equal standing with ours by the righteousness of who? Of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Christ was not a demigod. He was not the God-man. He was God. Peter continues, May the grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. He says, His divine power 
has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his glory and excellence by which he has granted to us precious and great promises so that through them you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. <clears throat> Notice those words of Peter, divine power. Don't try to tell me <laughs> that Jesus could not heal the sick. Don't try to tell me that he had to see a vision before any one of them was healed. He had divine power because he was God. Peter says, for this very reason, Make every effort to supplement your faith, virtue, and with virtue, now this is going to go against most cult pastors today, with virtue, knowledge, and with knowledge, self-control, if only Branham had that, with steadfastness, and steadfastness, godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in what? In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice his emphasis. Peter does not come <clears throat> proclaiming himself <clears throat> the great and powerful apostle. He pointed to Jesus Christ. And he said, all we have to, to need is knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And this knowledge is something, quite frankly, that William Branham never had. Otherwise, he would not have been given so many conflicting versions of Christ. <clears throat> Want to know what Peter, the apostle, says about William Branham? Keep reading to the next line. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. You see, without knowledge of Christ, <clears throat> these conflicting platforms that Branham made are constructed with only two legs. You can stand them up by leaning them against each other, but after you get enough of them, they're going to fall down. Peter says, Therefore, brothers, <clears throat> be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, knowledge, love, all the qualities he listed, if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, there you will be richly provided for an entrance into the, the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter says, therefore, I intend to always remind you of these qualities. Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it is right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since that I know that putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. He says, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, that you may be able at any time to recall these things. Peter did not feel it necessary to continually remind the church that God sent John the Baptist, the Elijah of Malachi 4, to prepare the way. 
He did not continually bring up new and exciting doctrines. The gospel of Jesus Christ was enough. He did not need zodiacs and pyramids and clouds and halos and blasts and prayer cards to hold the crowds. He continually reminded them of the very same thing. Christ crucified for the sins of the world. Faith in Jesus Christ, knowledge that he was God, is all we need. <clears throat> Notice his condemnation of that strategy. He says, <clears throat> he says, For we did not follow cleverly designed, devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter was there. He says, For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Again, Peter confirms it here. In whom I am well pleased. Not in whom I am well pleased to dwell in. <clears throat> Peter knew that Jesus Christ was God. And he knew that the Father sent Jesus Christ to deliver the new covenant of grace. And he knew that Christ sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us without need for these heretical leaders and their platforms. Peter had knowledge of the fullness of God and would have stood firmly against William Branham proclaiming that Christ was some demigod and that he had to see a vision before he could do anything. Why? Peter tells us why in the next verse. He says, <clears throat> We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were there with him on the holy mountain. Peter was there. Peter heard it. Peter did not say that it said, To dwell in. Peter quoted it exactly like he heard. I like the last part of this chapter. This is a revelation that has started coming through God's word and untangling of Branham's confusion. All of the prophets of the Old Testament pointed to Jesus Christ. He was the coming Messiah. It was not them speaking, no power of their own. God was speaking through their mouths, and he was telling us, he, God, was telling us that he would send his son to deliver the world from sin. These prophets do not point to some little Kentucky, Kentucky bumpkin that would one day come and have a picture of a fluorescent light bulb that looks like a halo. They pointed to Jesus Christ. And Peter sums all of this up in one simple paragraph. He says, <clears throat> he says, And we have the prophetic word now more fully confirmed. Prophetic word being the Old Testament to which you will one day pay attention to as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing that first of all, this, no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. That's a, a completely opposing viewpoint to what William Branham taught on this. No prophecy comes from somebody's own interpretation. Peter says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but spoke from God as they were carried along 
by the Holy Spirit. If you are trapped in the cult of William Branham, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know the Christ of the Bible? When you hear these conflicting descriptions of Jesus, have you chosen one and strayed from the Bible's description of Christ? Have you stepped onto one of those platforms that's barely standing with two legs, <clears throat> that is only standing because it's leaning on another platform? Ask yourselves this. Do you believe that Jesus Christ was God, as Peter proclaimed, or you, do you believe that he was a prophet that had to see a vision like William Branham proclaimed? Make your choice. The two cannot be the same. There is one Peter's or the other Branham's. Which did you choose? Oh.